People buy only two things, solutions to problems and good feelings. And when you're looking for a vendor or a contractor to help you with your problem, how do you know who to trust? I'm Garland McWaters, and this is the Spirit of Leading Podcast. In this episode of the Spirit of Leading Podcast, we're going to dive into that issue of business leadership, building trust with customers. And the person who's going to help us with that is Kit Letcher, the president and CEO of the Better Business Bureau of Central Oklahoma. Well, Kit, thank you for joining me on this episode of the Spirit of Leading Podcast. Thank you, Garland. I'm excited to be here. Great. Well, I'm excited to have you. And uh, I've uh, I've known about the Better Business Bureau for a long time and I've relied on it sometimes to to get some information about a company or a business. And and as we talk about building trust with customers and so forth, it, it occurred to me that the Better Business Bureau really plays a big part in that. We do. Absolutely. Yeah, we are a very trusted resource for both businesses and, you know, just everyday consumers who are looking for things for themselves personally and for their business. Well, it's been around for a while. How does the Oklahoma City Area Better Business Bureau fit in sort of with the National Association? So our Better Business Bureau has been around since 1930. We are creeping up on 90 years (laughs) really quickly. And um, and so we just had a longstanding history here in Oklahoma City. And what's interesting about all BBBs is we have a variety of sizes of um, service areas that we cover. And so every state within the United States and Canada and now down into Mexico, as of a couple of years ago, has a Better Business Bureau that services that area. So for Oklahoma, we actually have two BBBs. Um, we have one in Tulsa, which covers the majority of the northeastern quadrant of the state and then down most to the eastern border. And then the rest of the state is covered by my BBB for Central Oklahoma. So if you looked at a, the map of Oklahoma, if you took a line from Idabel, which is down in this very southeastern mm-hmm. corner of the state, and you went up to Enid, drew a line in between those two and everything west, that's what my BBB covers. How does this, how does it actually work? Is it primarily a business oriented thing or a customer or consumer oriented thing? Yeah, no, that's a great question because I think that is an evolution that has changed over the years. Obviously, since we have been around for quite a while and we've seen that dynamic become a little bit different from where we originally started. And um, BBBs were actually founded as part of a lot of ad clubs across America. They um, were founded to really support truth in advertising. So if you put up a billboard, if you put out an advertisement in the newspaper, the phone book, a variety of different places, you know, BBB reviewed those to make sure what you were offering and the way you were using that language was honest and truthful and transparent so that as a business, you were not, um, you know, leading people astray. You weren't misleading your consumers and that whatever you put in there was really what was happening. So that's how we all got our start. And um, over the years, we have transformed our organization to rating businesses. Um, And so we don't rate them as far as like you're a good business or bad business. We rate 
them looking at how they can their business regarding like, do they have all the different licensing and trademarks and things that they need to do in order to operate a business um, in a manner that is responsible and reputable. So we don't necessarily um, condone or um, if you will, like, say the product that you're offering is good. What we're talking about is more like the standards of how they're operating that business. Okay. So do you answer complaints? Do you have the licensing necessary for your industry? Is that in good standing? Um, are you registered with the secretary of state? Do you have business insurance? Um, looking at do the principal owners of your business have a good reputation? We dig into sometimes criminal histories of business owners and um, have seen really unfortunate things. And also people make good changes. And so this is maybe their kind of second chance at owning a business or things like that, where they've made really good strides forward. So we look at a variety of different things whenever we are offering up that rating for a business. And so I would say now what's really great about BBB and the thing that I really appreciate about it is that we provide services to our communities dependent upon the gaps in our communities and where we are most needed. So going back to your question of, do we work primarily for consumers or do we work primarily for businesses? That's really different from one BBB to the next because we are all individually operated. It's similar to like a franchise system. And it's not necessarily that because we don't pay to be a BBB, but we offer services in our communities that match what our community wants and how we can best serve. Um, so we have a local board of directors we, who help us make that decision. I have a local staff here of about 21 people and we are much more in central Oklahoma, we are much more business focused. Um, rather than consumer focused, because we want to help businesses be better. We want to help them grow and thrive, especially with everything that we're going through right now. Like, how do we help them strategize to make that pivot to really move into 2021 successfully? Mm -hmm. Do you cross over with uh, local chambers of commerce in any kind of way, or do you kind of uh, work together, uh, collaborate on certain issues and things? How, does, how do yeah, you all work? absolutely. So we don't necessarily have crossover in that we're doing the work that they do or they're doing the work that we do. We really try to work hard um, to be a partner with local mm -hmm. chambers. And, and so in that, things that we offer might be um, like webinars that we are co-training on different things coming up. For instance, um, at the in the beginning of September, we have a um, webinar that we're hosting with the State Chamber of Oklahoma, and we're talking about policy and legislative updates that affect businesses as they are planning for 2021. And so that's not an area of expertise that we have, but we want to make that content and information available mm -hmm. to our businesses. And so we've got a great relationship with the state chamber. So we're really excited to bring that level of programming to our businesses, not just accredited businesses, but all businesses, because, you know, when people are more informed and they're more aware and they have the tools and resources to be successful, it, do, it does really great things for our communities. And, and that's what we're about. We want to make sure that we're offering a positive impact and we are a resource and a tool and that we're not just the place where you go to get your hand slapped for doing something right. wrong. <laughs> Thank you.
I know everyone needs to be held accountable uh, for their for their actions and so forth from time to time. And I think we all have our stories of uh, good things that have happened to us and bad things that have happened to us. And does the Better Business Bureau pass that kind of information on to businesses where they, you know, someone's come to us and say, hey, they've had a complaint about, you know, maybe service or something happened. And so what are you going to do about that? Does, mm-hmm. that? does that ever happen? Yeah, that absolutely is a huge part of our business. And what's interesting about complaints and um, customer reviews is oftentimes people will think, I don't want to complain on my business because then it's this black mark against me. But what really happens from a consumer standpoint is they get to see how you deal with complaints. They get to see how you get to you deal with a disgruntled customer. And they really get to see both sides of that story. So the way the complaint and the review process works, and this is um, regardless of being accredited or not, anybody can receive a complaint or a customer review. And those reviews can be positive or negative um, or anywhere in between. They have the star rating that's associated with them, but we get that information and we process it and make sure it's something that we can handle. So we don't process things that are really a legal matter, um, employment, claims like that, right. things that if you just need an apology, that's really not where we come into play. What we process are things where we are looking for, you know, you had a bad experience and that business maybe needs to refund you money or they need to finish the work or, you know, something along those lines. And so our job is to help open up those lines of communication so that we can get you both to a resolution. And we do all of this behind the scenes. So mm-hmm. this does not play out um, for the entire world to see on the internet. And so we have those back and forth conversations with, I have people on my team who are, you know, very experienced dispute resolution specialists who have years of experience doing this. And they work between that consumer, sometimes other business owner and the business owner of the, you know, complaint business. And they work between those two to get to a resolution. Um, We do on occasion have the people who refuse to answer or just give us really short answers that don't really get to the heart of how to make this right. We also get answers. um, Interestingly enough, we'll say, yes, I've already worked with this person. Here's the solution that we came up with. And when they told me last week, they were fine with it. I expected that it was done. And so we have to weed through all of that information. Right. But our job is really communication right. because that's where we see oftentimes that it breaks down. Mm-hmm. So when a business is frustrated that they've gotten a complaint, we really try to help them understand that how they answer that complaint or how they answer that review um, demonstrates to everybody else the type of business that they are. And yes, it is frustrating, especially if you are trying your best to go above and beyond and to make that situation right. But what we have found is that it's a great way for people to see how you operate and what you really stand for and what your values are as a business owner. Um, And so it can be perceived as a negative. It doesn't have to be that way. The other interesting thing about our complaint process, and and I've seen this happen time and time again, is sometimes you will have people within organizations who are operating one way and a business owner may not realize it because they're several layers removed from that frontline operation. And so then when those complaints continue to come in, um, it really can be eye-opening for them that this is happening. And so we will contact that business and say, hey, 
you know, you've got a string of complaints that are really consistent and it's showing us a pattern. Uh, I think we need to help you do something about this. And, and we approach them trying to be a problem solving mm -hmm. resource for them. And so maybe it's, they need to change language in their contract, or maybe they need to make their return policy more visible, or maybe they need to do more training with their team on customer service or how to handle a complaint whenever they receive that phone call. A lot of times it's, how do you return a phone call? Mm -hmm. <laughs> because people are frustrated when you don't call them back or when you ignore those emails repeatedly. And so there's a lot of different things that can go into it. Well, that's a, that can be a really valuable service also to, mm -hmm. a, to a business particularly. And when you think about customer service, one of the things that, uh, that as a customer, uh, when you approach a business or go into a business, you, you go there with an expectation that that business is going to provide a, uh, they're sort of making a promise to you. Say, so, hey, come to mm -hmm. me and I have a product or a service to help you solve a problem. And so we go with that expectation. And if that expectation is not met, that's when we want to complain and say, oh, well, you didn't do that. And then uh, what really, uh, the way they're really judged is on the recovery. They're judged, the right. business is judged on, well, how responsive were you to my particular need and so forth? And, and what did you do then to make that right? What was your guarantee to, to make that yeah. right? And did you really seem like you cared to do that? And uh, so you put all that together and you end up sort of with a dynamic, you know, that, uh, that helps a business to realize, oh, well, you know, we don't, don't always get it right. But, right. but, you know, it's important to want to get it right and then to understand, you know, that we have a responsibility to, to make that good. And yeah. then, because that's your second chance, you know, because, <laughs> yeah, and if absolutely. you do that well, they say, oh, okay, well, well, thanks for, you know, thanks for working that out. But if you mm -hmm. don't do it, then the customer says, well, see, I know you really didn't care. I know you really didn't right. want to do that. And boy, that's, and that's a tough one to get past, you know, down the road. So it can I, be. And that's one of the, like what I was talking about earlier with, you know, maybe it's something as simple as like your return policy mm -hmm. or changing language in your contract. You know, I think we run into this trap where people think business is only supposed to be done a certain way. So I have to adhere to these rules, um, even though they don't necessarily fit my type of business or even my personality as a business owner. And that really does create a lot of friction and where we see a lot of customer service issues happen. So if you are not a business that's going to you know, answer your phone on Saturday and Sunday, you need to be really upfront and tell people that. If you yeah. are only going to take returns with a receipt within a 10 day window, 20 day window, 30 day window, whatever that is, you need to make sure that that is displayed really prominently and not hide the fact that that's your policy because it rubs people the wrong way. Sure. It's, you know, what rubs them the wrong way is they feel like, well, you didn't tell me that. So I didn't even know what the expectation was or what I had available to me. Uh, make your promise, uh, only make the promises that you can make and keep the promises that you do make. Because yeah. if, uh, because if you don't make your promises clear, uh, your customers will hold you to the, their expectation of you, but they never mm -hmm. tell you what that is exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they just say, well, everybody knows you ought to do this, right? And so you yeah. kind of get held to a standard that you never really agreed to to begin with. Mm -hmm. And uh, I tell people, even in relationships, that's a really important thing to do is that when you're in a relationship with us, you know, your, your spouse or even your children or whoever, you tell them what your expectations are and then 
what the consequences of not keeping those might be, and you stay consistent with that. have sort of a set of standards or codes or something that they sort of suggest to business as a way to conduct business or yeah absolutely and so that's one of the really great things is they're not like down into the nitty-gritty it, it our standards of trust is what we call them and really provide businesses with a framework and almost like a set of core values that you could use for your business and so we have eight standards of trust that we you know, ask all of our accredited businesses 100% to abide by, but that we provide to everyone as just a guide to how to, you know, be a better business. And so they seem kind of uh, self-explanatory, but I'm just, I'll go through them really quickly. Okay. Um, our first one is to build trust. And so that just means that you have a good track record in the marketplace that when people think of your business, it is one that they feel like, yeah, I would trust that business. Um, that they advertise honestly. And that gets back to our roots as an organization that, you know, if you put something out there that your business will do that, um, that it's something that you can honor because you have put out real truthful information to begin with. You know, we look for things like, let's say I had a plumbing company and I decided that I was going to put up a billboard that said, kids plumbing company, we're the best plumbers in Oklahoma. And while I may think that, and my parents might think that, that doesn't make it true. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so when you put things like that on your billboard or in any of your advertising, you really need to make sure that everything that you're putting out is honest and truthful um, and is a real representation of the discounts or sales or services that your organization is providing. And mm -hmm. um, our, let's see, Tell the truth. Obviously, all of that all runs into telling the truth at all times um, and just being really open and clear about expectations and, and what you can provide. If there's any disclosures like in your contracts that you're just helping people understand that. Um, and so then the next standard of trust that we have is being transparent. And so helping people understand your policies and procedures, how you operate your business, um, just being open and honest and transparent about how you're conducting your business on a day-to-day -day basis. We look for businesses who are honoring promises. So what you and I just talked about going back to, if that's people's expectations or if that's what you have said you're going to do, that you actually you know, follow through with that and you honor that promise that you have made to your customers or to your other business owners um, as they're doing business with you. That, um, so our sixth one is, I believe, be responsive. And that seems uh, cliche. <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. Because yes, of course you should call people back, but being responsive, I would say is probably one of the biggest areas where we have seen businesses struggle because they can get overwhelmed um, by just their business. A lot of the business owners that we work with are small businesses, which is, you know, one to maybe five employees. And so you have all those employees wearing every single hat. So calling people back quickly can be really time consuming. And for some of them, it can be really difficult. You know, if you're on a roof, it's hard to call somebody back when you're trying to get those jobs completed. So building that into your customer service 
um, and just being responsive and realizing that that is a huge bottleneck for businesses when it comes to um, how people perceive your business and whether or not you care about the fact that they're having issues. So we look at safeguarding privacy is one of our standards of trust. And that really lends itself to, um, especially today with all of the issues that we have with identity theft and cybersecurity, making sure that if you are taking personal information, whether it's by um, electronic means, whether it's in person, if you're writing that down, that you are doing everything you can to safeguard that information and keep it private. Um, because identity theft is such a huge issue right now. And then our final one is in body integrity. Um, making sure that what your business is doing as far as how you're conducting your business, how you are working with your employees, how you're working with your consumers, that you are doing that with integrity, um, which I think all of those things really roll into that last standard. And so it's not down into the nitty gritty of policies and procedures and you have to do X, Y, Z, but we look at the whole business and how do you operate within these boundaries from the perspective of trust and transparency and and truthfulness and responsiveness you know what are you doing as a business to make sure that you're upholding those standards and and able to provide that level of service to either your customer vendors other businesses um, or individual consumers well those are all real important uh, uh, standards of trust and and I think they're as, as personally, personally applicable as they are to a business. So, I mean, how does the BBB even model those yourself? How do you demonstrate those same standards in the way you do your work that you want uh, your members to also model? Yeah, that's a great question. Our number one core value within our specific BBB is to be genuine and to be transparent and to show up as yourself. And I one of the areas that we have really worked hard as an organization is on our workplace culture and how we work with each other. And so one of my biggest pet peeves <laughs> is that when somebody comes to work and then when I see them outside of work, that they have two really different personalities. And I hate that because I think that happens a lot in business where we feel like we have to show up this one way and be extremely professional and, you know, only be a certain way. And then at home I can relax and I can be myself and I can, you know, tell my friends and family about these other things, but I never bring that genuine person to my workplace. And so as our core value of being genuine, I want my employees and my team to show up as themselves. I want both of those two realms to really intersect so that when they're with us, that we are getting the value of their whole person, vice versa, you know, the skills and the strengths that they have at work. I want them to take that home too. I don't want them to feel exhausted at the end of the day. Like, okay, only used this part of my brain or only use this part of my personality. So now I can't use it at home because it's exhausted. Like mm -hmm. all of that stuff needs to come together. And that's really how we also approach our businesses. So when they call, you know, they're talking to a real person that's here in Oklahoma City who is doing the best that they can to provide them with services that make their business better. And we are not perfect and we would never claim to be. 
Um, and so when they call and if they've had issues, we will absolutely start off with an apology that they had a bad experience with us. And then we will listen to, you know, what are their issues and how do we make that right? And making sure that my version of making it right and that consumer or that business owner's version of making it right match because you know, maybe it's a refund or maybe it's that they need extra training or something else like that. Those things don't always line up. So we have to be really open and transparent about what we can do to help them and what will match their expectations. Mm -hmm. For instance, you know, sometimes we get business owners that are upset because a complaint has been resolved. And so they'll say, okay, it was resolved. Now take it down. I don't want that on the website anymore. And that's not part of our policies and procedures. And within our international organization, that's not something that we do because we are a transparent organization. So I can't make them happy because I can't take that complaint down. But what I can do is help them understand how that complaint can work their business in a positive way Mm -hmm. and how they can, you know, change some of their language to really use that as a strength rather than seeing it as a weakness and and working through those things together. So we really try to model that um, transparency and the openness and responsiveness and the way that we're working with our businesses. But that all starts with us being genuine and being able to show up at work as our true selves. Mm-hmm. Now, do you also show that uh, uh, if they were responsive and they came, to, they did sort of the the right thing with that complaint, that that also shows up in the report to the public that says oh, they got these complaints, yeah, but you no, know, hey, they fix it. You know, they they follow yeah. through and they do a good job. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and so it'll plus. show that complaints resolved um, or that complaint is answered and that they've moved on and they're you know both parties are happy at this yeah. point. Yeah, well, that would to me that would be a that would be a net positive to show that we mm-hmm. really do that. And, you know, the other part of that is really working with your team and your workplace culture so that people know they're empowered to do that. Mm-hmm. And so if you have created a workplace where people are so micromanaged in their decision making that they can't do that level of decision making on their own, you have a whole other set of problems. Right. But helping people understand, like, yes, make them happy in a way that is going to help our whole organization be successful. Absolutely, that's a bonus and a benefit. Mm -hmm. I wanted to also kind of bring up the the issue of, uh, of ethics a little bit because it seems to me that a lot of the things we're really talking about here go way above sort of the, the letter of the law kind of thing. So it's not in the mm-hmm. policy book. It's not a procedure book. It's not even the law in the books anywhere. But you just respond in such a way to say it's just the right thing to do. Yeah. You know, how do you all deal with the issue of ethics, personal ethics, business ethics, as it relates to giving advice, you know, to, to your members? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that... You know, that can get so tricky because ethics really has such a broad spectrum Mm -hmm. for a variety of people of what it means. And and so to your point, yes, it can be like the letter of the law, like ethics is I'm law abiding. That doesn't mean I always make a good decision. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Because doing the right thing versus doing the legal thing can be two very different perspectives. Mm -hmm. And so we really try to um model the the right way um and so it may be something gosh just thinking about a couple of different examples you know we 
internally, I will say one of the ways that we model ethics is using language like, you know, that's not our BBB way. That's not the way we would do that or make that decision. And so, and giving people the language and the thought process around making good decisions. And it could be something as simple as like how you talk to people on the phone, which doesn't always seem like that relates to ethics, but how we treat each other absolutely is an ethical situation. Um, and that can be like, I'm working with a business owner that I don't necessarily agree with how they do business. That doesn't mean I get to treat them like a bad person. I just don't agree with how they're doing business. And so my job is to still be a resource to them. Mm -hmm. And so that is part of our ethics and our integrity and making sure that we're taking the high road and doing everything that we can to help them be successful in making good decisions. Mm -hmm. It could be anything from, you know, making sure that our team, you know, when they're taking credit card information, what's the ethical decision there? And how do you safeguard that information and making sure that you keep it private and who you share that information with? Um, I would say gossip really falls into the line of ethics. So we get a lot of personal information about businesses or, um, as we're vetting businesses and they're going through that application process, you know, sometimes they'll tell us about a previous business partner that they've had, that they had a really bad falling out or, you know, a customer that they've had where they had just a tremendously bad experience. And, and that's information that we need to keep private. And so those are all ethical decisions that have to be made on a daily basis. So we just, that's part of our internal training and things that we talk about and making sure that if we see something that we feel like is unethical or it's really starting to go over that boundary of, of what is good decision-making that we call each other out on it and we hold each other accountable and saying, you know, it makes me uncomfortable when you talk about that because I don't think that fits into this decision or I don't think that is the way in which we want people to think of us. Well, I think that's uh, important to uh, keep emphasizing that ethics is sort of uh, t holding ourselves to a higher standard than, than is required because mm -hmm. we feel like it's a better way to go. It just makes us a better person. It makes the relationship a better relationship. Even though it's not yeah. necessary, it's not required by the letter of the law to do it, certainly it, it elevates the relationship and makes things better. You know, when you've had business relationships with people, you don't go back to the place that did everything like by the book essentially, you go back to the places that make you feel like they're going above and beyond. And that doesn't mean that they're spending extra money. It means that they're making sure your experience is one that you feel, you know, validated and appreciated and trusted and that you are somebody, a customer or a business or a vendor that they want to work with. They value you just as much as you value them. And so if those two things don't match up, they could follow every single policy and procedure and legal rule necessary. That doesn't necessarily make them somebody that you want to do business with. And, and I think that's where the ethics really go into that next step. It's the plus one. It's mm -hmm. how you build a relationship because, you know, you want your customers to come back. And so people who only look at it like I have to do this because this is what the law tells me versus people who say, yes, that's our baseline. Now here's the extra we're going to do 
that builds a relationship and that's where you want to be. Absolutely. Well, that's the, that's that good feeling that's created. That's a part of that customer exchange mm-hmm. is solving the problem and create and creating that feeling. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to ask you if sort of on a, on a personal level, uh, having been now the uh, chief executive for the BBB for what, 10 years now or something like that? Uh, about seven around? years. Oh, yeah. Seven years. Okay. What's been your learning? What's been your growth, your personal takeaways from this experience leading this organization over this time? Mm-hmm. You know, I, growing up, I never had a plan of like, okay, when I grew up, I want to be this. I just knew that I wanted to make a difference wherever I was. And I have been very fortunate in finding my passion. And for me, that's making my community a better place. Um, and it, I've always worked in nonprofit, which BBB is a 501c6. So we're a nonprofit organization. Um, and being able to do that on a daily basis, it gives me so much like personal benefit and joy in knowing that what I'm doing here absolutely makes a difference. And I didn't necessarily see how those dots were going to be connected whenever I first joined BBB. It was a great opportunity and it was a really good challenge, but being able to see like how helping my community matched with my passion as far as what BBB would do to fix that um, it was a hard stretch to make. And what I love about this opportunity is I've been able to grow that um, as I've been here. And so I was most surprised whenever I started at BBB in 2013, what people's perceptions of us were. And I will say when I got here, I had three people on my team and we've now grown to over 21. So obviously our operation has um, increased just multiple times. And it's been really neat to see that growth. And it, it is a direct result in my mind um, of some of the things that we've put in place that have been much more um, community focused and outwardly focused rather than focusing on like the negatives. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like how I talked about earlier where each PBB gets to really think about the things that are going to make the biggest act, impact in their community and how they serve that community best. Well, that's bringing my truest self, I would say, to BBB and us being able to utilize those strengths. And so when I'm looking at problem solving and we're looking at strategies, that's when we made the switch from being consumer focused to really more business focused and helping businesses thrive. Because we know when businesses have the resources and the tools that they need to be successful, everything else is going to work better. And so consumers are going to have a better experience. Our economy is going to do better. People are going to be more engaged. And so we can really get rid of not by eliminating just one by one, but get rid of bad practices and, the, and really elevating people's expectations for good service. Um, and good relationships with businesses. And I would say that's been a fun change and transition from when I started to where we are now. Because when I started, you know, people would say things to me like, the better business feels like the mafia. Like if I don't pay you, then I get a bad rating. And, and that's not at all true. It's, it's really never been true um, for our BBB. And so changing that perspective and really helping people understand like, this is how we can be a benefit to you um, and help you grow and not be, you know, the person I'll have people that would call whenever I first started and they would say things like, well, can't you just shut that business down? It's like, 
no, we don't do that. I don't carry handcuffs or a gun. I'm not going to chain people's doors shut. Like we're not a government organization. So helping, you know, re-educate people so that they understand how we're a benefit to them as a consumer. Because what we want people to do is we want you to use BBB.org, which is our website, and find out how a business operates before you go and sign a contract with them. Mm-hmm. Understand what you should expect when you walk through those doors. And reading complaints, reviews, positive or negative, can all give you a really good picture as to how that organization works with its consumers, if they've had a good experience, and even if they've had a bad experience, how you turn that around. And so I love that this is now how I'm able to, with the help of my team and and all the works that we're doing, this is how we make an impact in making our community a better place. And that's not just Oklahoma City. I mean, we really do have um, great resources in all of our communities that we serve in Central Oklahoma. Well, it certainly is a much more positive way to think about that. And I'm glad that experience has been certainly uplifting and good for you. One last mm-hmm. question. We live in a time where a lot of people are starting businesses or they're entrepreneuring in some kind of way, even if it's only a home-based business. Uh, what would you say was the is one of the primary things that people should think about as they start that business and how they're going to engage customers and make their business uh, you know, well received by by the public. What would you say? Do this. If you don't do anything else, make sure you do this. Yeah, hmm, that's a tough question. Um, you know, honestly, as I think about that and thinking about the areas where I've seen businesses struggle, I would say when a business is starting, they really need to think about their core values as a business. What do we want to be known for and how do we demonstrate that um, to our customers, to our team as it's growing, to the vendors that we work with? What are those maybe top three core values that we want people to really um, feel whenever they're working with us? And, And realizing that what you start with today may transition and be something different in the future because right now it might just be that we you know fulfill every ticket or order or whatever it is on time or a day early and and so that um, responsiveness is a huge part of it being genuine for us as a core value isn't something that we came up with until probably the last three or four years Um, and it it's an evolution as an organization to get to that place but as you're starting out If you're thinking down the road, what do I want to be known for and how do I want to interact with people? And it's kind of touchy feely, but I think it is the core reason that people are successful or not. If you will make those decisions through the lens of those core values, you will be more successful. Great advice. Great advice. And I know in working with companies uh, of all types and sizes that a lot of times the conversation comes back to just that. What are our core values and what are we about and what do we stand for? And I've worked with companies before and they've asked me to do various kinds of things for them. And one of the first questions I ask them is something like that. Well, what are your core principles that uh, yeah. you want me to sort of emphasize and so forth? And I've had a, a couple of times they say, hmm, maybe we need to think about that. <laughs> because they hadn't really kind yeah. of thought about it that way. But they've come, they come up with something. But uh uh, it's always an interesting question to hear them uh, respond to because if they 
if they get that right, then they kind of have sort of a way to to, to point themselves in a direction to point themselves and a standard to hold yeah. themselves to. So it's always Absolutely. Uh, good to well, do that. Well, and you know, for some people, they would say like making money. Right, exactly, <laughs> surviving. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So all of the other things that you put together those make you successful that's how you make the money right. like you have it's the cart before the horse kind of scenario so um yeah so i think that's a huge part of of what makes a business successful yeah. and, and how they operate well listen I, that's all all great advice and i hope our listeners take all that to heart because it has so many applications to it uh, not just for business but also just for ways of conducting your own personal life so uh, we'll uh, we'll encourage people to look at those core values and those principles and look for other ways to implement those. So I want to thank you a lot for uh, taking time to share all of those perspectives with me from your experience uh, working with the Better Business Bureau. And it also, I think, has helped make us better people. Yeah, I appreciate that, Garland. Thank you so much for the time. And I just want to plug really quickly, if people are looking for businesses to work with or looking for more resources, um, we have some really great tools and things on our social channels, which is at BBB Central Oklahoma. Um, and if you're looking at our website, bbb.org, you can look up any business. It's a completely free tool to use and just a great way for people to be able to do their homework before they start um, a relationship with a new business. Great. Well, we'll certainly list those uh, links to those uh, services uh, on the uh, post that goes with our podcast today. Great. So. Thank you. Well, thanks so much. Uh, that's Kit, uh, Kit Letcher, who is the president and CEO of the Central Oklahoma Better Business Bureau, our guest uh, on this episode of The Spirit of Leading. Thanks, Kit, for joining us. Thanks, Garland. I appreciate it. Well, that's it for this installment of The Spirit of Leading podcast. I want to thank you for listening. I also encourage you to recognize and appreciate anyone who is demonstrating the spirit of leading at work and in the community. When you join the Empowered, you will get a notification of my latest podcast or the latest post in my weekly Empowering Thoughts series. So I want to please uh, ask you to share this podcast with your friends and colleagues. Until next time, I urge you to live empowered each and every day to unleash your creative energy. Encourage the spirit, enliven the heart, enlighten the mind, and enlarge the expectations of living in yourself and in others. I'm Garland McWaters. <music>